This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03, Thursday afternoon, January 12th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Jersey worn by the late basketball superstar Kobe Bryant is expected to set a record when sold at auction. We'll discuss that and the world of collectibles in our next segment. But right now, the government's latest measure of inflation is out today. Let's discuss the Consumer Price Index with Bob Bruska, chief economist, fact that opinion economic Economics based in New York. Bob, thanks for joining us once again today. Now, before we talk about uh, whether or not we should pop the champagne, in our earlier conversation, Bob, uh, you were very much on the side of put that thing back on ice. But let's talk about uh, what's inside the CPI report, the good and the bad. Well, yeah, well, what's good is that the headline fell. And of course, it was uh, importantly driven by the transportation sector. And There also was a decline in the category called other goods and services. But if you if you look at the core, you look at the CPI excluding food and energy, that still went up by 0.2 percent. And if you annualize that, that's 2.4 percent. So, um, you know, the Fed still has some work to do. I mean, what we're seeing here is that the year over year inflation rate is falling. It's falling mostly because a year ago it was so high. And we've gone through about five months of oil prices falling, and this has uh, taken the top off of inflation, and that's very good news. But, you know, you've seen the headline inflation rate fall by a substantial amount over the past few months. Uh, And on the other hand, we've seen the core inflation rate fall by only 0.7%, while the headline has fallen from from its peak, I think, by about 2.6 percentage points. So there's a big difference in what's going on with the headline and the core. And the core is going to be much harder to reduce. You know, we have this stubborn inflation uh, in the services sector, and uh, we have bad productivity data, which means that you don't have anything to offset wage prices from the productivity side. And in in general, you know, if you want to look at where the Fed is headed, the Fed's headed for 2%. It's one thing to knock the top off of inflation, and this is good news, but this is necessary. It's not sufficient. There's a lot more that needs to be done. And that's why I say, hey, you know, keep the party hats locked up, put the champagne back in the refrigerator way too early. But, of course, the market's focused on the Fed and on the Fed slowing. And everybody's saying, oh, this is consistent with the Fed slowing. Well, is it really? We'll see. What are some of the risks now in January compared to, say, the risks in June of last year? OK, the big thing right now is that uh, in, in June of last year, what we didn't know was the Fed thought that inflation was temporary and the Fed thought things were going to get better. And in fact, things got worse. And so we had a, a bulge in inflation. It was unexpected. The inflation rates actually went up. And um, that was a, diff- a bitter pill for the Fed to swallow after the Fed had argued that inflation was going to be uh, transitory. Now what we have is uh, an inflation rate 
that has been coming down. We've got a history of very high inflation rates, which means that as we go in through the coming months, those past inflation rates, those high monthly gains are going to drop out of the index, and that's what's going to knock the inflation rate down. But it still depends on what the new month's inflation rate is. Now, that has slowed down, but we do have China no longer doing zero COVID, and there's some risk that oil prices could go back up, and if that hits the headline, we could be back in the soup again. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Facted Opinion Economics, based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, a sports jersey that's expected to bring in up to $7 million at auction. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A jersey worn by the late basketball superstar Kobe Bryant is expected to sell for more than $5 million at auction. Let's talk about that and what's going on in the world of collectibles with Stephen Fischler, CEO of ComicConnect.com and Metropolis Comics based in New York. Stephen, thanks for joining us today. This eye-popping figure for a Kobe Bryant jersey comes on the heels of a Michael Jordan jersey worn during the 1998 NBA Finals going for $10 million. Is this the going rate for uh, clothing worn by NBA superstars? Well, you know, you know the, the notion of putting amazing items at auction is really uh, crossing your fingers putting something fabulous up for uh for public auction and and hoping that people appreciate the significance of it but really uh, valuing things that of this magnitude that are going to be up for auction is really hit or miss uh but that doesn't take away from the significance the fact that you know Kobe Bryant had such an amazing career and died under such horrible circumstances really uh, creates a unique opportunity and a unique set of circumstances uh, for somebody to go, you know what, I I really want to own that. And then you get a second person who really wants to own it, and then they battle each other and maybe even a third. So in the world of auctions, there's really nothing set, uh, especially for something like this. It is really a matter of just opinion and battling opinions. Does the international reach of a particular sport play into how much a piece of sports memorabilia could earn at auction? The NBA, clearly a very international brand, uh, along with uh, uh, various soccer teams, compared to, say, something from Major League Baseball or the NFL. Uh, Would a soccer kit go for a higher amount of money than, say, a jersey worn by Tom Brady during a Super Bowl? Well, you know what? You're dealing with iconic sports figures, iconic sports moments, and it is very difficult to tell who would have the bigger reach, uh, a a basketball star, uh, a soccer star. It really is just a a matter of letting the the dice roll and seeing where things play out. But to, to analyze it ahead of time, very difficult. And I know it's a matter of opinion, but what really moves the needle in the world of collectibles? Is it sports memorabilia, or is it Hollywood memorabilia, or is it comic book memorabilia? Well, you know what? Comic book memorabilia uh, has their own uh, hardcore fans. Sports memorabilia has their har- uh, their their own fans. Uh, Hollywood is uh, the same. It is really a matter of what are the circumstances, how significant the item is, uh, what is the awareness around the world or in a particular uh, in a particular country and who are the people going after it? You know, it, it is there's something to be said for personally owning 
uh, and getting the pride of ownership in, in let's say, Michael Jordan or a, a famous piece of comic book art or a, a, a high-grade copy of Batman Number 1, as an example. It is really a, a matter of the bragging rights that people want to put their name and attach themselves to. So that's the, And that's why auctions are very popular, because there really is no way of fixing the price beforehand. It is a matter of opinion. And then lastly, uh, I'm sure the uh, the amount of demand that takes place uh, in these auctions, whether it's uh, sports memorabilia, movie memorabilia, comic book memorabilia, or historical memorabilia, is that are, are there just simply more rich people willing to buy these days compared to previous years? Well, you know, they, they keep printing uh, vast sums of money uh, worldwide. So a lot of these people who see that go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring with something of real significance, a tangible asset that I could hold on to uh, versus leaving it in the form of money, and uh, which is a very interesting dynamic. Uh, I don't think that's a conversation I would have had 10 years ago, but it's certainly a conversation I would have today, the value of money versus the value of having that very significant item. Uh, it it really is a toss-up, but I, it, it's certainly an interesting conversation to have. Stephen Fischler, CEO of ComicConnect.com and Metropolis Comics, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, car sales are down, but automakers are still doing quite well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. 2022 was the worst year in more than a decade for the automotive industry in terms of sales, but it's not all doom and gloom for car makers. We welcome in John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv based in Detroit. John, thanks for joining us today. Normally, if you say that 2022 was the worst year for car sales since 2011, panic would follow, but uh, actually things are looking up at the Detroit 3 automakers these days, and it's for for one very specific reason. Yeah, well, actually, there's a couple of uh, specific reasons here, one of which you got to go back a decade when the Great Recession hit. GM and Chrysler went into bankruptcy. Ford went through a major restructuring, although it did not go bankrupt, 
But the long story short is they got rid of most of their legacy costs that greatly lowered their break even point. So fast forward to 2022, and even though sales were not good, they were still above their break even point. And then the second thing that happened is that with inventory so tight, prices went up. Even car dealers were charging well over the sticker price of cars, and all that money pretty much dropped to the bottom line. So there you have it, uh, you know, a lower break-even point and higher prices, and, and that was the magic, Rob. And Edmund says that the trend could continue into next year, that new car sales could hit $14.8 million when it's all said and done in 2023. Uh, not that much of an increase over last year, but the profitability is still there. Yeah, in fact, here's the crazy mixed-up world that we're living in right now. Even if, and that's still an if, if the economy goes into a, re- a recession, car sales could actually go up, something that's never, ever happened before. And that's because there's so much pent-up demand, people who want to get cars, but they can't get what they want right now because inventory is tight. Well, guess what? Inventory is starting to build up again as they get more chips and other raw materials. And so, yeah, we could see close to 15 million cars sold in 2023 which would be a big jump up from last year. When will the pricing power shift back in the consumer's direction? Keep an eye on that inventory. Uh, The faster and the higher that inventory goes up, the less pricing power the car companies and the dealers are going to have. That's going to be the key thing to watch. And then if you're wading into the new car market uh, in 2023, what can you expect to get in trade? And uh, what can you expect to get on, say, the leasing market versus buying? Yeah, you know, when it comes to trade, trading in your used car, they're still commanding pretty good prices. It looks like uh, used cars are starting to soften a little bit, but you're still probably going to get a, a really good value on your trade in. Or, you know, you might even decide to sell it yourself instead of using it as a trade-in at the dealership. And as far as leases go, same same story. You know, as inventory comes up, uh, the car companies are going to have to get more aggressive in what they're charging on a monthly payment for a lease. And then what if you decide to go the certified pre-owned route, the cars that are coming off of lease or may have been in rental fleets before they got to the dealer? What What is that market like these days? You know, it's tight, and it's probably going to get tighter starting in March. And that's because most people who lease a car lease it for three years, and then they get into a new one. Well, if you go back three years ago when COVID hit and car sales really dropped off, there just isn't going to be that many cars coming off lease. And we're going to see that cycle hit sometime in March. So we might have a little bit of a window right here where certified pre-owned, you know, the CPO cars you were talking about and, and cars coming off lease might be in a little bit more better situation starting in March. Uh, some people think it could get really tight again. John McElroy, automotive industry analyst with Autoline.tv based in Detroit. Thanks for joining us today. Still ahead in Technology Thursday, there are concerns about the mental health impact of excessive TikTok use by teenagers. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden says he is cooperating with an investigation into Obama era classified documents found at his home and at an office he once used. But the Attorney General is appointing a special prosecutor. The details coming up from CBS News. A construction worker fighting for his life after a building collapse in Chicago in Technology Thursday, examining the impact of high TikTok use by young people, and Walmart is looking to sell more of its own technology and services to other retailers. WBBM business markets are higher. The Dow is up 173 points. The Nasdaq is up 22. The S&P 500 is up 8. AccuWeather says cloudy, windy, colder today. Temperatures falling this afternoon. We have 38 degrees right now under cloudy skies at 1231. CBS News Special Report. The Justice Department just announced it's appointing a special counsel to oversee the investigation into documents marked classified found at President Biden's former think tank and home. Attorney General Merrick Garland says he's been working on the matter with U.S. Attorney John Lausch. Based on Mr. Lausch's initial investigation, I concluded that under the special counsel regulations, it was in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. That special counsel will be former U.S. Attorney Robert Hur, who has a long history of investigating everything from counterterrorism and violent crime to public corruption. Earlier today, President Biden commented on the discoveries. People know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. The attorney general says the special counsel's investigation is expected to start in the coming days. CBS News special report. I'm Monica Ricks. And an item of local interest to come out of the Attorney General Garland uh, media statement just a couple of minutes ago. He also announced that the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois, John Lausch, who has been conducting the initial review of the documents that were found in the Biden Center, uh, John Lausch will be stepping down from his job in early 2023 to take a job in the private sector. He has been the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois since early 2017. Crews have freed a worker trapped under debris when part of a building collapsed in the Bronzeville neighborhood early this morning. Emergency responders called to the 700 block of Oakwood around 11 o'clock this morning. He's been taken to the hospital in what's described as grave condition. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading higher today. We're joined by Tim Grisky, senior portfolio strategist with Ingalls and Snyder based in New York. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Tim, you know, in the old days, and by the old days, I mean 2022, if you had a CPI report that was basically on the line or perhaps exceeded expectations, we'd be talking about a 700-point rally in the Dow. But today, it seems like trading is rather muted. Does this mean that the uh, the today's CPI report was already priced in? Hi, Rob. Uh, well, the, uh, the CPI report was really in line with consensus. Uh, there was no real surprise here. There are some uh, narratives out there saying that uh, it was um, cooler inflation uh, than expected, but that really is not the case. So I think it's just it's the fact that we're, uh, we saw inflation come in as expected. And what we're really looking for is a big gap down in, in the inflation data. And we just didn't get that today. And that's what's going to take for this market to really turn around and rally on a sustained basis. What are investors looking for, not only in this CPI report, but let's say the January one that comes out in early February? Well, I think everybody's looking for and hoping for a 
big decline in inflation. Uh, if we see uh, inflation drop by, say, half a percent or so, uh, this market would really rally. Uh, that would uh, lead to expectation that the, uh, the Fed may go on hold in terms of future interest rate hikes uh, and uh, that the economy uh, hasn't fallen apart. Uh, we are not in a recession. Uh, so I think, you know, hopefully we get that type of report uh, sometime here because we think that really is what turns this market. Now, some analysts have said this morning that uh, we may have perhaps already reached the Fed's 2% target for inflation, that if you take the monthly increases over the last couple of months, you're at 2% or perhaps a little bit below. Um, When is a decrease in inflation actually a decrease in inflation? Because there's a lot of different interpretations floating around today. Yeah, it's uh, I think there, there isn't a one clear definition of inflation. Uh, You know, what the Fed prefers is the PCE index, the core PCE index. Uh, Today, we had the uh, consumer price index. And while the Fed looks at that, it's not that important to them. Uh, You know, we we are seeing inflation moderate. And there are a number of items where we're seeing deflation, uh, lumber, used car prices. Uh, But we really need to see a much broader um, um, decrease of inflation and, and also moderating in uh, wages. Uh, and we might see some uptick uh, in inflation because of annual wage increase at uh, this time of year. So um, I think, you know, we still have quite a ways to go in terms of uh, getting some good inflation data. Tomorrow, the uh, banks are going to record their, report their fourth quarter uh, earnings statements, and uh, there's already plenty of indications that the banks are preparing for a downturn in the economy. They're building up their cash reserves and getting ready to uh, cover loan losses and things like that. But does this report put the soft landing back on the table? And what happens to all these businesses that are flush with cash in preparation for a recession that may never come? I think uh, the banks in particular uh, tend to be very conservative in terms of the economy, and I think that makes total sense. I mean, we've seen banks in the past become overly aggressive, uh, and it leads to disaster. So uh, we cheer the banks uh, for being conservative here in terms of their balance sheets when there's even the remote possibility of a recession or a very modest recession if there is one. So, uh, you know, we're we're, uh, all in favor of that. Uh, But I think other companies, uh, you know, while they may pull back some, and we've seen tech companies do a number of layoffs, for instance, uh, you know, they are going to survive this this period of higher interest rates uh, because we really will see inflation start to come down at some point here. Uh, and we'll return to a more normal economic environment. Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist with Ingalls & Snyder, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, social media's potential contribution to a mental health crisis among teens. Compounding your interest with an economy of words, this is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 
It's Technology Thursday, and this afternoon we're discussing the impact of social media, especially TikTok, on the mental health of teenagers and other young people. We're joined by Shelley Palmer, the CEO of the Palmer Group and founder of the Med Academy based in New York. Follow him on Twitter at Shelley Palmer. Shelley, thanks for joining us today. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the Twitter account, the Pessimists Archive. It's a great Twitter account because it always just retweets images from century-old newspaper articles discussing the tech panic of the day. Too much radio usage leads to torpor in young people, things along those yes. lines. And yes. you don't want to sound like you're being a pessimist about technology when it comes to the to people using social media applications, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, so on and so forth. But now the studies are coming in that suggest that it does have an impact on mental health, especially the mental health of younger people. So what makes TikTok unique as a, as a mental health hazard? To be fair, it's not just TikTok. TikTok is the best tuned of all of the algorithms because they have a single feed that you scroll. Facebook has their news feed. They have stories. They have all kinds of different groups and ways that you can interface. But on TikTok, you have one thing you scroll. If you like it, you hit like. If you spend time on it or watch it all the way through, the algorithm tunes to you very, very quickly. And so um, it's, the most, it's the most sophisticated because it's the simplest interface. This is, is an age-old problem, and we have to look at it two ways. One, we have always been shaped by our technology. We learned to farm. All of a sudden, we're no longer hunter-gatherers. We invent electricity. We now have in hours and say we invent the light bulb. And now we have 18 hours of daylight and our circadian rhythms are changed. And human physiology is changed by this. So technology has always changed us as much as we have changed it. And this is also true here with social media. That, that's the, the best news, which I don't know if it's good. The worst news is this really um, – affects young people in ways that it doesn't affect uh, older people. Social media addiction is real. The endorphins that get, uh, you know, to your brain, the dopamine receptors in your brain that are, you know, it's better than cookies. It's better than food. It's better than ice creams. It's better than sex. It's social media likes, you know, this, this is well-documented by all kinds of medical professionals. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? It's real. It's absolutely real. You know, I, I, this can also be generational as well, because I'm 42 going on 43, and I like to think of myself as someone who had feet planted in both worlds, the pre-digital, the pre-social media era. I signed up for an AOL account when I was 15. Sure. So I kind of knew the rules of the road going into it and how to interpret information, how not to get uh, pulled too far into it. But the difference, the difference is, is that you come from a different world. They were born into this world. And so these are the tools that they use to communicate as we used letters and then phones and then faxes and then emails. They've only ever used their handheld devices and it's their brains are plastic and they've learned to use these tools in ways that you and I will never be able to use them because we weren't 10 years old when we started. So this is this is really problematic. And I think, look, Seattle school system is suing big social across the board, Facebook, Google, Twitter, TikTok, the whole the whole shebang to see if they can um, make a point that that there should be some very, very uh, harsh restrictions and better monitoring and just better understanding of what's going on with social media. 
Um, it's a good cause. It's very real. I, I Look, any parent or grandparent who's got an, an 8 to 14-year-old child in their lives knows what kind of peer pressure these kids are under. And you also know that, that you know, it's one thing to get bullied in person at the schoolyard. It's something else when the whole class gangs up on you digitally. Like, none of us had to deal with that. And these are really tough problems for really little minds that are not fully, they're not little adults, they're children. And they make um, irrational decisions based on the stimulus they get from the outside, especially when it's that powerful. So this is worth a good, solid look. And then very quickly, Shelley, outside of the cyberbullying component, which is very real and sometimes has very tragic results, is it just supercharging the feeling that uh, everybody that everybody but you is wealthier than you, better looking than you, more in shape than you, going to more parties than you? Uh, this feeling that, that haunts everybody at different times in their life throughout the centuries, but because it's just so in your face and so constant, it just makes it that much more intense. It's very well said. Look, there's FOMO, fear of missing out, but then there's everyone's living their best life except you. And I don't know anybody who's really excited about looking at, at other people's wonderful vacations when they can't basically afford to put food on the table. So yeah, there's a face bragging has come to another level. And yes, you're 100% right. This is, this is all part and parcel to the same issue. At its best, it helps us connect to our friends and our family and at its worst, it has measurable pain and suffering. So we have to get a handle on it. Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, founder of the Med Academy based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Follow him on Twitter at Shelley Palmer. Join us this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, Walmart working on a new side hustle. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Walmart has struck a deal with the software company Salesforce to sell more of its technology to other retailers. We're joined by Jan Rogers Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers Niffin Worldwide, based in New York. Jan and thanks for joining us today. How revolutionary is this deal in the world of retail? I mean, it's safe to say that Walmart uh, managed to bridge the digital divide. And uh, is, it, is it how often do retailers start selling their proprietary software to other businesses? Well, once upon a time, that answer was never. And then Amazon came along and for the last 20 years has been going into third party transactions, right? They had... Amazon Web Services, they've got their 3PL process for helping you store and ship your product and show it online. And so they've got a big revenue stream that comes from third parties. Walmart, who wants to be really competitive with Amazon and has proven they can be right across the board, came in and decided to offer all the same services that Amazon offers to retailers. And a lot of retailers really don't like dealing with Amazon. So Walmart's now taking one further step, which is bringing in some great organization, Salesforce, to better market those services. So the news here is that they've found somebody that they think can market those services better than anybody else, not the fact they're offering them because they've been offering them for a while. And actually, so is Macy's and so is Target to a lesser degree. But Walmart now wants to be a big player just like Amazon and has put all this in place and now they've got somebody to help them sell it. And boy, I think it was a good idea because Salesforce is a great organization. So outside of challenging Amazon on its own turf, uh, what are some other competitors of this particular initiative? Uh, who, should be, uh, 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 <laughs> who should be worried in this particular scenario? Anybody that's a retailer that doesn't happen to be Walmart should be worried because Walmart's going to help other retailers 
compete with you if you're a retailer, as long as those people want to. And Walmart's also going to turn it into a revenue stream that will help grow their business. And as we know, Amazon's the second most fierce competitor in the world. Walmart's the first most fierce competitor. And so now they've just put more arrows in their quiver. And so, yeah, anybody that's out there is probably a small retailer probably wants to partner with a Walmart or an Amazon or somebody to help drive their business. And the people who do it first and do it best with somebody else are going to be more competitive than the people who don't have help marketing because reaching the customer is really hard. Getting their attention, providing the service to them is really hard if you're small. If you're Walmart or Amazon, it's second nature, right? You have to do it anyway. You might as well sell that service to other people. Now, very quickly, what about uh, smaller retailers, smaller e-commerce organizations that team up with, let's say, a Shopify? Is this the same field or is it a different area? No, it's very close. Shopify has been doing this for a long time and does it very well. They help small retailers perform like and look like big retailers. Amazon has done this for 20 years, helping small retailers perform and act like big retailers. Now Walmart's also offering that service. So yeah, all of those three compete with each other for this kind of business. Jan Rogers Niffin, CEO, J. Rogers Niffin Worldwide, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream. Just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.